What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome into episode number 106 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor, and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And Jess, once again, the Eagles get the win without playing even remotely close to their full potential. But we well, do see some progress there in certain areas. Did we? Um, DeAndre Swift would definitely say yes. Using the correct running back. Great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even want to know what would have happened had Kenny Gainwell not been hurt, to be completely honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, another game that you're watching through your fingers and at the end of the day, they still came out with the win, which is always what we need. And it's it's the, you know, it, I've never, it, you have a whole fan base of people that's unbelievably angry and the team is undefeated. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, one thing I will say that's comforting about that is the fact like you hear all these players coming out during their interviews, especially Jason Kelsey's been mega trending lately. So Obviously. in every interview that he does, um, he like mentions, he's like, yeah, the team, like we're not happy with ourselves. He's like, yeah, a win's a win. Like we're um, glad that we're 2-0, but he's like, we know that we are not playing to our full potential. And it's just to me, that gives me a lot of comfort knowing that like, okay, at least they're not like coming out here. Like, what are you talking about? And like kind of yeah. pissed off at Philly for being mad. Like they understand, like, this is a hard fan base. You're playing or in a hard. And oh. like, yeah. <laughs> and there's high expectations. So like, yeah. at least they're kind of on the same page. And honestly, they should be mad at themselves for not playing at their, the level they know they can because there's so much talent there. Yeah, and because it's all it's dumb stuff. It's it's I agree. Really dumb stuff. Like, you know, something as simple as there's a you know, you're you're running DeAndre Swift all you know up and down the field and you decide to bring in Rashad Penny for a play, and what does he do? He holds and calls, you know, negates an AJ Brown touchdown. Those are things that like it just can't happen. Why was he mm-hmm. even on the in the first place? Like if you want to work him into the game, fine, but that is not that was the worst possible time to do so like if you want to do the whole running back by committee thing fine and adjust and make that happen but things like that it's just it's it's dumb to me and it's dumb on don't hold him it's also dumb on you know the personnel package that they put in and brian johnson making that call at that point in time the play calling is still not good it's still with you there you know, uncomfortable to watch because you never know what you're going to get. And you, you, the, this situationally not, not thrilled with what they've done so far, but you're right. It is definitely comforting in a way to know, because I do think I, you know, and, and we're, you know, kind of in a bubble, right? Like we're in a, in this Eagles fan base bubble. We don't know how other fans sort of operate with their team, but I feel like Philadelphia, the Eagles specific, actually, no, the Eagles and the Phillies, we'll go with those two, are very 
in touch with the city and the fan base as a whole. I feel like very aware of what's going on and, you know, call it pandering for some of them all you want, but like, you know, I, I don't remember an athlete ever talking about how they listen to Philadelphia sports radio going into the, you know, the stadium every day, you know, like things like that. So they're very, I feel like they're very in touch. They're very in tune with the fan base in the sense of like, very it's very intertwined like you feel like you could you run up and put your arms around them and give them a big bear hug at any point in time you know what I mean like that's oh, 100% teams kind of so I feel like they're very aware of it and we're all kind of on the same page so it is comforting to some level but it doesn't feel like it's again them trying to be like we're not we're not happy either don't worry don't worry like it's a very genuine we get it like we're two and oh yeah but we're playing like I think Just to that point, quick too, I feel like that's mostly because the veteran leadership that they have on both of these teams, 100%, but also the fact that all that leadership seems to come from like blue collar families and areas, you know what I mean? Like it's not, and it's just a different kind of also like um, morale, I would say in those leagues, like NBA, you just have superstars, everybody thinks they need something more nobody's happy anywhere I feel like that's not just Philadelphia and then um NHL is just a different story because it's a lot of foreign players you know what I mean like it's a completely different area and situation that a lot of these guys are coming into especially in Philadelphia so like it does make sense from that fact but I also think the culture that's been created by ownership and management across the board Uh, ownership and management flyers has been horrific for years that's a very good point the city ownership and management of the philadelphia 76ers not great also not great i mean and then you've got guys like jeffrey lurie and guys um like john middleton who are so immersed in the city and put everything that they have into their one team and growing the culture and growing the organization as opposed to you know a Josh Harris style businessman who owns the New Jersey Devils, the Washington Commander football team, yeah. and the Sixers. Like it just, it's it's very different. And I think that from the top down, that's just sort of how the organizations are built. But I also, again, I feel like I, that hasn't necessarily always been the case with both of these teams. Like I think, especially like now more than ever, they are you know, especially with the Eagles, like with chip kelly right like you weren't getting those warm fuzzies from from chip kelly teams that were built then nick sirianni gives you that and and is so kind of in ingrained and intertwined with the city and the different things going on that you feel like you can you you trust them when they say you know they're not defensive they're not defensive at all they they own it so you know it it wasn't pretty the eagles the offense had things they needed to clean up the defense, you know, obviously struggled at times, right? You know, they they had they won the you know turnover battle. There was, I think, one more or two more that got overturned or or negated by a penalty. There was one at least one more that it could have been five. It was only four, but it could have been five. Okay. Um, you know, they got really lucky on Justin Jefferson ma- making his own bonehead. Oh yeah. You know, well, so and that's things, you know, one bounce the other way, it's not looking so good. So it, it it's too close for comfort. I don't expect them to blow out every team. Right. But like it shouldn't come down to like the final couple plays at the end where, again, I'm watching through my fingers. I agree in that fact. Like, obviously, it literally was the way the ball bounced in a lot of it. Um, but I think that we also, too, like. The Vikings, even though they have looked like a terrible team, both of their losses, by the way, have come from us and the team that we're about to play. So obviously decent teams. Um, And the Vikings, like you have to think like, granted, they had primetime Kirk Cousins, but he's my um, favorite. (laughs) But like they were coming out trying to win. They did not want to go 0-2. So I think that's a factor, too, that a lot of people took for granted. Um, We did get lucky in the fact that they just got cam acres well i don't know if i should say lucky but i'm imagining that will improve their team considering the lack of run game they had before that um speaking of 
our defense is like top one of the top rushing defenses in the league, allowing just 52 yards per game because we've gotten run on so little in the first two games. Because I don't think it's necessarily. Well, well, yeah, they're, but it's through that. No one. They're massive. I agree. I wouldn't run Which on is, those. Yeah, and we'll talk about how that's going to affect this week because that's exciting to think about too. But um, there were some concerns, like we said. Um, yep. Hawkinson still had – I didn't think – like watching it, it didn't feel like they utilized him as much as I was expecting to, but he still got his. He had seven receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. So he yeah, still I, – uh, I actually think the linebackers played better than anyone expected. Yeah, I agree. They weren't able to take as much as they thought they were going to be able to take from from the tight end position. I agree. (coughs) Oh, my God. I just choked on my spit on that one, Jess. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. That really just got you. (laughs) That one, it got me. You said Um, linebackers, and I was just shocked that I brought it all back, you know? No, I'm just kidding. But actually, but, uh, I, think, I did think I thought Nicholas Morrow played a a really good game, much better than I was was expecting. We were we were ready for, we were ready for Nate Gary. We were ready for it, and it was actually yeah. it was much better than anticipated for sure. And there's there is one thing that we'll um kind of hit on more when we talk about for how it's going to affect this upcoming week because injuries might get some guys back and stuff too. But yeah. um Jefferson did way better than he did before. Um, like, I mean, meaning the prior time we played him when Slay absolutely shut him down, but they were smarter in the game plan where they tried to not hit Slay and not target Jefferson when Slay was on him throughout the game. So Slay did his job. I mean, he had five receptions for 43 yards against Slay out of his 159. And for the majority of the game, Slay was following him around the field as well. Yeah. So it was only when so, they bought him out. So. Exactly. So right there, like that is just where you're seeing that injury bug kind of plague us and hit us hard right there, which um, we're seeing and hearing that Harry Roseman is making some moves. So hopefully he's got stuff in the works, kind of not necessarily for that position because Bradbury is just concussion protocol, but for other guys like Buda Baker's the one that's most anticipated and most likely to come to Philly. So we shall see. DeAndre Swift, though. I just want to hit on this. Well, I guess I'm trying. I'm like skipping ahead to this week because I'm so excited, even though we have so many days. So I'm going to hold that. But Jalen Hurts did get sacked four more times. Not great. Not great. Jake Elliott. There were a couple. Were in the game. There okay. was there were a couple. I feel like two of them. At least one of them, the pocket collapsed immediately. Like the everyone got blown up on one. But other than that, they were like coverage sacks they weren't like the offensive line not like the offensive line looked way better this week yeah I I agree with you on that I was actually shocked because once again like when I watch the game I just like do the eye test obviously you know what I mean for the most part and then I'll like take notes and then I'll go back and reevaluate the game and um when I was watching it it didn't feel like he got hit as many times when I saw that he got sacked four times you know what I mean like it didn't feel like it affected in addition to those sacks. Yeah. Um, I think Cousins got his, got his bell rung a couple times. Kirk Cousins was yes. on the ground a lot of the time. And you watch quarterbacks. The This is so terrible of me. Have you seen the meme where, I don't even remember, is it Family Guy? It's like Kirk Cousins sounds like the one guy from Family Guy when he gets hurt trying to get out of the car. And he's like, wait, wait. it was when his ribs were like really sore. And he's like, ah, 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 ah. Like, <laughs> And I couldn't help but laugh one of the times he got hit because I was like, I wonder if he's making those noises again. Um, but yeah, he got hit a lot I, of times. He just couldn't get yeah. And then finally to wrap it up, special teams, Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott king of the world. King of the world, man. So like 61 yarder, he did miss a 55 yard um, field goal, but he had two 50 plus yarders the week before. So we'll let it slide. And he made the 61. They said it was 61. Yeah. I was like, oh, please, I don't even need to watch this. This is light work for Jake Elliott. Um, but you touched on it as well. We'll hit on the injuries quickly because I think we're we're both so checked out of Minnesota. We want to talk about Tampa so badly. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so let's get through this quick. Um, so Avante Maddox, Torres Peck, that poor guy cannot catch a break. And it's such Literally. a shame. Um, so, you know, hoping he, he speedy recovery for, for Avante. Um, James Bradbury, Reed Blankenship, and Kenny Gainwell have all been back to practicing again. Probably not full, but Nick Sirianni said he thinks all three of them have the chance to play on Monday. So I would assume Bradbury's probably the closest with being yeah, getting I agree. protocol. Um, Reed Blankenship and Kenny Gainwell are both rib injuries. I don't think we know what, what their status looks like yet. They haven't been listed as anything at this point. It does look good. They did sign somebody, I don't even remember his name, <laughs> to the um, practice squad as a running back. Um, so it's a good sign in the fact that like they have him there just in case, but the fact that it's really a nobody means that they're not that worried about it, most yeah. likely, or else um, Howie would have actually made moves. Right. I also use DeAndre Swift until you can't anymore. I, I don't understand well, why. Even when... Yeah, when you said that earlier, like running back by committee, I'm fine with that in certain situations. Um, I don't think it would be as equal as we've had it in the past, like especially after a week like DeAndre Swift just had because he kind of take like, honestly, I would feel most comfortable with DeAndre Swift as our number one back, obviously. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of use Boston Scott when he's healthy as that hard hitter, just get the like short yardage when you need him to go straight down the line. And then – use gain well here and there like that's to me what makes most sense yeah i i just think i don't you have the part of it also is like you have the best offensive line in football and you saw how well they played in the run game and that's where you've had so much success is when you have a good combination of those two things and what deandre swift did when you tried to use him as the feature back versus what Kenny Gainwell did. And I, I know there were a lot of different factors at play for different weeks. It's, it's apples and oranges, but like, I mean, the, the man just gave you a, how many 175, something like that. Yep. 175 round. Like he was the NFC offensive player of the week. Give him the football, give him the football. I, I want nothing. Else. Give him the football. There, it might be a little harder this week. What'd you say? I said it might be a little harder this week, but we'll get to that. But um, final thoughts real quick. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that this team is going to be just fine. They're getting a little better in certain areas each week, which is all we need to see as long as they keep winning. It doesn't matter how fast they kind of get it together because I truly believe that they will get it together. And um, one thing Jason Kelsey said on the post game on the Thursday night um, broadcast was actually really comforting to me. And he was just explaining, like, listen, like we have – one of the most explosive, one of, if not the most explosive offenses in the league. And everybody knows that after watching us last year, and he's 100% correct. And he's like, so these first two weeks, he was like, I'm not going to lie to you. They're throwing stuff that we've never seen before. And they also went against great defensive-minded coaches in those first couple weeks. So it really makes sense. And he just sounded so confident with like being like, listen, trust us. Like, we're going to figure this out. Like, we still have all this talent. We just weren't ready to see these crazy things we've never seen before. So I think if anything, it's only helping them out and going to make them stronger in the future, all this weird stuff that they're sure. seeing and learning how to conquer. I don't know if I should say conquer, but so I think that's really comforting. And I truly believe that we're just going to see them get better and better throughout each week. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm totally with you. I think that look, they're two and L and they've looked terrible. <laughs> that should be more encouraging than anything. Like they've looked terrible and they're still two and zero, playing against good football teams. Now, could the Patriots actually be a bad football team? Maybe. That, they're in like one of the hardest divisions too. So I think like well, if could they be just a bad football team, <laughs> like I think they they might they might be they might show you that they are just a bad football team. They've so far not looked like a good football team, which is why I think last week was so frustrating because you're like, this isn't a good team you're playing. Figure it out. Um, but again, so they've looked terrible. I you know the Minnesota Vikings obviously were right there with the Eagles last year and at the top of the the NFL in terms of record. I mean, what was, the Vikings ended up. What, what were they? 12 and five? 
Were they 12 and five? I mean, their only loss through 11 games was to the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, mm-hmm. like, so they, they were a really good football team last year. They did not lose a lot of players. They had a lot of continuity. Obviously they bring in Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator, a phenomenal defensive coach. You, ex- you know, that, that we knew that was going to be a better game and the Eagles did not look good. So that more than anything should be encouraging. The injuries, I think, obviously, that's concerning because the Eagles really didn't have that problem last year. Um, And, you know, that's going to be tough. But they're figuring out how to to win games. You know, like, you look at Kirk Cousins' stat line from last week, and, you know, if you see an opposing quarterback through for 364 yards and four touchdowns, you assume that you lost that game. Like, you assume that's a loss for your team, but they still found a way to win. And, you know, they still have mistakes that they need to clean up. If they are able to, you know, figure those things out. And I think, you know, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts have have earned our trust to be able to figure those things out. Like the, the players on this team and the veteran leadership that they have, like everyone has earned the, 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 the you know, okay, we'll give you your chance to figure it out. But you, as you said, like, You've been seeing these, like seeing a little bit of improvement. We need to continually see those improvements. If we don't, and they, we start to see more so like what we talked about in owning that, like, hey, we need, you know, we need to get this right. We know we're not happy. Like, if we don't see any continuing improvements, then it's going to start to give the signs of, oh, they're comfortable where they are and yeah. they're fine, you know, and, and it, it'll all be fine. And that can't be the the mindset right now. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that it would ever get to that point. Not with this leadership. Um, Like you said, trust is a big thing. I think with how this team is playing right now, like we all, for the most part, trust that they're going to get better. We trust that Howie Roseman, like injuries suck, but if you're going to have injuries, you want them in the beginning of the season. You want it in time for Howie Roseman to go out and get pieces. Like we've seen this before. so I'm with you on that. I don't think that we'll see them get lackadaisical or comfortable in there. I don't think so either. Um, but I just, you know, obviously we don't know as much about, you know, a guy like Sean Desai or, or Brian Johnson. Like, True. Now, again, also, if it was Jonathan Gannon, I would still be saying, oh, I could absolutely see him doing that. And that concerns me. Um, <laughs> we at but, least have hope for Desai. Yeah, <laughs> We're still learning him. Absolutely. <laughs> But all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about finally the matchup this week between the Eagles and the Bucks. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into episode number 106 of Babes on Broad. So we took you through the Minnesota game week two. Now we're looking forward to week three. We have the Bucks on Monday night football. The one thing I will say before we even break this down, Jess, like it's cool that like obviously Eagles are good. We're getting primetime action and all this stuff. But it. to me, like I really just love Sunday football especially in early fall it's like my favorite thing and it's been sad that last week we didn't have it because they played on Thursday and this week we won't have it on Sunday because they play on Monday I mean granted for the injuries and how this team's doing like it's good for them because they needed that long break but just selfishly I miss watching them on a Sunday yeah I would like to watch them on a Sunday at one o'clock like a normal freaking person yes we get it the Uh, following week for like one time this season (laughs) But it's, yeah, I mean, like, you love the primetime games because it means they're good, whatever. I hate primetime games, to be completely honest with you. At my age and my current stage of life. Yeah, true, true. (laughs) I hate them. I hate them. They're the worst. It's miserable, okay? I already don't get enough sleep as it is. I'm not going to say it, but, you know, I'm not going to say it to you. But I already don't get enough sleep as it is. I have no time for myself. 
I would love to just sit and watch the Eagles while I play with my child on the floor and not have to worry about anything. But when she starts crying in the middle of the second quarter, I get angry. Yeah. Because she's awake and it means I have to go up and figure it out and get her back to sleep and do the whole thing. Or I'm up until 11 and then if they lose, I'm angry and I can't sleep. Okay. So it's all of the different things. I prefer it just a love a Sunday afternoon. Why, why, why are there none? Anyway, yeah. I digress. Yes. Well, and to your point too, it's also the worst because especially with how they played in these first couple of weeks, like you're excited. It takes it down to the end of the game. So you're either like panicked yeah. and then like, yeah, like you just have so much adrenaline running through you. It's impossible to go to sleep. It is impossible. So it, it is not working out for us. And furthermore, I have to work the next day. I have to yeah. be up and working. I have to get my child out the door for school. I Yeah. It's and that's where, and to that point too, Thursday night football is a little better because then it's like, okay, it's a Friday, like lackadaisical, usually chiller. Monday, it's going to be a Tuesday. Like that's when like people expect, especially now the work culture, I feel like that's when they're like, okay, Monday, you just like work out what you're going to do for the week. Okay. Like figure out your stuff. And then Tuesdays when you actually are expected to do work and it's just, it's not good. That's literally the only way I was able to convince myself and, and convince Joe to go to the game on Thursday. Plus <laughs> it was, we just had to get through Friday. Like yeah. that was the only thing. And they actually, they played on Thursday before the Eagles played. So his football team played. So then he left, came to the game. So he didn't have a game that weekend, like no stress oh, all on Sunday. So, that, but again, because it was Friday and you know, not Tuesday, it was easier to get him out of the house. Um, Monday. Now I will say this Monday, at least there's still the two Monday night games. So the Eagles are the earlier one. They do start at 7. I was going to say, we have to, yeah, I was going to say, we have to remind people of that because I didn't realize that until I heard it today that it was 7.15 start. 7.15 we love, but again, it's right at tubby time. And then (laughs) ready for bed, give her her bottles, get her to bed. I'm not going to be, you know, sitting in front of my television until at least 8.15. So yeah. that first one hour- final point, one final point about this too, that really annoys me about primetime games. Yes, obviously a lot of hype around the Eagles, rightfully so, but it's annoying me in the fact that like, we have faith that there's enough talent that they're going to turn this team around. We trust um, the GM and all that stuff, but national media, it gives them all the, focus to just highlight our games and just pick us apart while they glorify the Cowboys who just always like I don't get how everybody's still on this like I mean don't get me wrong Cowboys look good so far through two games but every single season they look good in the beginning of the season do we not remember this every single season first four games of the year they're gonna look good okay because they're the Cowboys they come out fresh we hear every, it every year. Every year. year. All, all training camp long, all summer long, everyone's healthy. They added this. They had no turnover. The Super Bowl favorite. Uh, you know, they're a Super Bowl favorite every year. They've been a Super Bowl favorite every year for the last 30 years. And what do they have to show for it? Nothing. Absolutely. Maybe one playoff win? Nothing. Two, maybe. Totally. <laughs> yeah, Across. exactly. Like Jalen Hurts has more playoff wins than the Cowboys do in his lifetime. Yeah, literally. I was going to say in our lifetime, but you're right. It's kind of the same thing. Ours, his. Yep. I was, was I alive when they won? They won their last Super Bowl in 95 or 96? I think it was 95 season, but the Super Bowl took place in February of 96, I believe. Okay. So I was six months old the last yeah. time the Philadelphia I was three Eagles. months yeah. old. The last time the Philadelphia, no, no, the Dallas Cowboys won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry. If I have to dig out and blow the dust off of VHS tape to see your last glory days, we're not, we're not doing it. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't want to hear it, but every year we hear it. The Cowboys are so good. You know, it is what it is. They'll play great through four games. Then they'll have, you know, someone is going to get hurt. Then they'll have an excuse for the next six games. Mm -hmm. And then, (laughs) Yeah, we get to playoff time and there's an epic collapse where they do something like put their $90 million running back at center. And, you know, that's just, that's the Cowboys way, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But 
I digress. The yeah. Eagles. I know. Yeah. Sorry about that. I was going to say we did just kind of open up the second half with venting, but we had to get out the primetime game vent and the Cowboys vent real quick. But we do have the Bucks on Monday night. The Philadelphia Eagles are playing this week. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they are 0-4 since 2015 against Tampa. And these SOBs have decided that they're going to do Rondé Barber's uh, – whatchamacallit, um, Hall of Fame ceremony at halftime against the Philadelphia Eagles because they just have to. They just they just have to. So wouldn't it be great if the Eagles, as they did to Tom Brady, just ruined that day a little bit? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, why does everybody make it against the Eagles? Well, because Rondé's famous play is the – pick six against the Eagles in the NFC championship game in 2002 to send them to the Super Bowl okay. and beat the Eagles. I didn't think back to that far. Okay. So, I was thinking like these last four games, even though Rondé's older, but yeah. Yep. No. So salt in wound. Um, I it's, it's offensive. No, what it is. So they take a note out of coach prime's book and they made it personal go out and ruin it. Please, please and thank you. But yeah, it is, it's right? the only undefeated matchup in the NFL this week. I know, which is, that's actually really shocking when I heard that because it's only week three. So like, it's just crazy to me that. Left. I don't know. That's many. There aren't no. a lot. No, and it, it is because I think there's a lot of just like, you have a lot of good teams, like not great teams, but good teams where it's like been good matchups or that first week, there were a lot of upsets as well. So I think that kind of plays into it. Cause like Kansas city's not undefeated because they got upset in week one. No. Okay. <laughs> it is a very funny combination of teams that are on this list. <laughs> uh, the undefeated teams in the NFL currently are the Atlanta Falcons, the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, the New Orleans Saints, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington Commanders. Commanders, Falcons, and Saints are the very surprising ones in those. But I also haven't paid much. I mean, besides the, Commanders. But the I haven't paid much. The 0-2s are less surprising. The 0-2 teams are less surprising. The Arizona Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears. Well, the Bengals, that's a little surprising. The Broncos, the Texans, the Chargers, Vikings, and Patriots. I would even say that the Bears are kind of surprising in that fact, just because they had a lot of hype going into this year. But, like, for what? Because we saw a lot of hype for what? For DJ Moore? No, you saw progression out of, uh, what's his name? I always want to call him Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Yeah, because everybody Um, wants try to tell you that he could be better than Jalen Hurts and that's just not but you not- did see the progression and, and maybe it's just because they played well against us last year because Jalen Hurts got hurt in that game but um yeah you did see progression so I did expect it to go up but they have not looked good they've got bigger issues <laughs> they've got bigger yeah. issues to deal with over there but yeah, they're, yeah, they, yeah, they're a bad football team. They they don't look good at all. Yeah. Um, but and- yeah, so undefeated um, going into this week, only undefeated matchup, Bucks eagles One of them's going to come out on undefeated still, and hopefully it's Philadelphia. Um, yes. Breaking down this game, Jess, I feel like the Bucks obviously, they're much better than people thought they would be because Baker's performed well to this point. Um, yeah, but this matchup, like it, it's a pretty decent matchup for the fact that the Bucks always have a decent, not always, but in recent years have a decent defense and yeah. they're one of the top rushing defenses, which we'll see how that's going to affect, um, Brian Johnson and their playing or play calling this year or this year, this week with, uh, Deandre Swift and seeing if we get back. Scott and Gainwell from their concussion and rib protocols and stuff, but that might affect them there. The good thing about that is the Eagles are so dynamic on offense that that has always been why not always, but 
last year as well. It was the reason that they were so good because they had a good running game that they could fall back on. And then they have those explosive weapons. You have Jalen Hurts over there, and then his targets are A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like there's so many ways. It's almost impossible, unless they beat themselves, it's almost impossible to shut down this offense completely. Totally agree. I just think, I again, I think the way that they've been doing it to themselves and the way that they've been beating themselves is they're not setting themselves up appropriately, appropriately the way that they did last year. And one of the things that they were so good at doing last year were the, you know, the RPO kind of style get play calling where they were able, so they, where they're able to, you know, they have all the options to run the ball or pass the ball or Jalen Hurts runs the ball, but they have to set themselves up appropriately to get into a rhythm where yep. defense doesn't know what's coming. And they, all three of those are valid options every single time. That's, I think, what I've been missing from them. It's like they're trying to force these quarterback runs, which is yeah. like not, it's not, everyone wants to like talk, like talk about how it was Jalen Hurts' game, but like, I don't, it really isn't. He's not this, like, he's, he is the best athlete on the field at any given moment. He is a superior athlete. And that's what he's so good at. He's good at being an athlete. They don't need to force him to be this running quarterback because he's, I, I don't want to even want to say that he is, he's not this like, Justin Fields is more of a running quarterback that they're trying to make a pocket passer. Yeah. Jaylen, maybe he came in and they, he's all, he was like, they, they try to put him in this box, right? And he's just not. And they improved him as a pocket passer. And now he's much better in that area, but that's where, you know, he, he needs to reside a little bit more, obviously to protect himself. So in the beginning of the game, again, like we saw it a lot against the, the Patriots. They were trying to force that, that quarterback run in there and it was not working. And Jalen was getting rocked and you don't want to see that ever. They did it at the beginning of the game last week against Minnesota. And you're like, these are terrible timings on these calls. Yeah. There was one in the second half. It was the perfect timed play call for it. Perfect. I want, and I think it was like a third and seven or something like it wasn't a favorable down and distance for yeah. him. it worked and he was able to cut it outside and he got like nine or ten yards on it and got the first down like it to keep a drive alive it was so much better timed than some of the rest of them so I think if they're able to get into that rhythm with some of those play fakes and things like that to allow it sets them up for success on all of the different things. Like it either sets them up where the running back is free to go. It sets them up where Jalen has an enormous hole up the middle or someone is open somewhere because they're bringing exactly. an extra guy or they're sending an extra part, like all the different things. So, you know, they, they have to set themselves up better. And that is, that's on Brian Johnson to get into a rhythm. In the game. And I think if they're able to do that and the defense is able to hold their own, enough again I don't care if Mike Evans has 200 yards just don't let him find the end zone that's what they did with Justin Jefferson again a little bit of luck there with the touchback but like I don't care that he had 160 yards who is the winner of the game whichever team has the receiver with the most yards no well and just to that point so you talked about Evans so Baker has come out and literally said Mike Evans is his favorite number 13 he's ever played with, which is LOL at OBJ. Um, <laughs> but they do have a good connection there. Um, Evans through two games has 12 receptions, 237 yards, two touchdowns. And then you also have Godwin who like, it's not the scariest wide receiver tandem that we see. And with, especially with the quarterback, but it is something. And they've proven yeah. themselves through two games. Uh, Godwin, 10 receptions, 109 yards in two games. So they do have some power there. Um, yes. Rashad White, they have at running back. Who are you more afraid of, should I say? I, I don't know if afraid of is the best word, but are you more worried about the Bucks defense, which is always consistently pretty good against our potentially high explosive offense? Or are you more worried about, Baker in that Bucks offense against our defense with some holes because of injury. 
I think, and, you know, keeping consistent from the last two weeks, right, you've got, you know, the the defensive coaching as well is is extremely high caliber with, with the Bucks, which I think is, yeah. you know, obviously something that you know this now three for three on the eagles kind of seeing that um and i think i just i i i guess i would say i'm more concerned about the eagles defense at this point given the injuries um and given you know the uncertainty at again still you like we said the linebackers played a really good game last week can they sustain that? Can they keep consistent from that perspective? Um, the safety thing is still, you know, again, played better last week, but still not ideal or optimal. Um, and again, if the, if, you know, they can just get the ball. Now, if they can get the ball out quickly, I will say the Eagles tackling has been much, has, has been good to this point as well, um, which is, you know, not always something we have seen when the defense has gotten injured the way it has um I think just given the injuries and the firepower that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin can have as a wide receiver duo that is more concerning to me I think than the Tampa defense because I trust the Eagles offense wholeheartedly but again I think that you know Baker uh, you know no offense but Baker doesn't doesn't you know doesn't scare me very much if they can, you know, get a couple hits on them, I, I really am not not supremely concerned about the Eagles' defense holding their own from that perspective. But what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin can do with a football in their hands, the catches that they can make, you know, that's a that's definitely a threat. But and again, you know, Brian Johnson could shoot himself in the foot. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's kind of hard because so on defense, we still kind of have that hole in the middle that we're just unsure about. For right. Eagles defense. Um, but with that being said, Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. Yes, he's playing above expectations right now, but he also hasn't played a defense like ours. Like these guys are going to get pressure on him. So whereas he played Minnesota and who they played the Bears last week. So like he's about to see something he hasn't seen yet. You know what I mean? And I think that is going to be a big factor. I think it's kind of going to humble Baker a little bit. And um, good for us. I think it's also going to be good for them, maybe, if he responds to it well. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, in the long run, not on Monday night. And it won't be good for them. Oh, I'm just sure. to clarify that. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I do think that the defense, it's kind of hard because of that hole in the middle. I think getting Bradbury back and getting, um, well, and having Slay there, is going to make it easier. They might give up a few throws to Evans and Godwin, but there really isn't like this offense, this Bucks offense is capable, but they're not scary. If that makes sense. That is a phenomenal way to explain. Yeah. So like you can't sleep on this team. You should never sleep on a team, but you definitely can't sleep on them, but they don't put the fear in me. Like there's ways to shut them down. And then looking on the other side of it, it's more so just them, like ourselves, not being ourselves. Like you have to get into rhythm on offense. You have so many ways. Yes, this Bucks defense is going to challenge you, and that's going to be good for us because we need to see a defensive line like this and play against a good defense and learn how to mesh and call against that. So it's going to be good for us. It's just a matter of if we, we respond well and how long they take to get into a rhythm, I think. So there's definitely – it's kind of like equal to me right now. Fair. So what are your keys to success then for the Eagles to win this game? And what's your final score prediction? Okay. So keys to success, um, Bradbury coming back and kind of being able to be that tandem with Slay, however they decide to use them. Um, right. I'm confident in Job's ability as well, if they needed to like kind of shift between those three and make it work somehow. Um, D-line, I think, should feast on um, what's his name? Baker Mayfield in the Bucks. Like I just said, the Bucks haven't seen a D line like this, and they also have a backup center because their center got hurt in preseason, and then they have a rookie right guard. So their right side's kind of weak. So I think that the D line will put up more sack numbers than we've seen because that's kind of been 
I don't want to say disappointing, but not what we expected throughout these two games with how powerful our defensive line can be. So I think that they're going to eat and that'll be a big thing. And yeah, our offensive line, I mean, I'm not worried about it, but they're going to have their work cut out for them going against this Bucks defensive line, just because you have Vita Vea and other high power guys right there. So yeah, it's more so offensive line, just playing consistent, being big, Bradbury coming back and kind of using them the right way. And our D line feasting finally. I think it, I, really I think this game. Yeah, I think that this game, like I don't want to say, like I don't want to get cocky and say like the Eagles have it because they very much so do not just have this in the bag. But yeah. I think that this game has the potential to be the breakout game for the Eagles that really kind of oh. solidify. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um because Bucks are a good team, but I think they're beatable. So I'm going to go, hmm, final score. I'm going to say, against this, a good defense, I'm going to say 27 to 20. Okay. And that's kind of closer than what I would like to say because I want it to be a blowout and I want it to be that, like, big explosive game, like, breakout game for the Eagles, but – I think there might be just like a late touchdown or we beat ourselves. Cause I don't think it's going to be a perfected game by us. Yeah. I really hope that exactly what you said, this is the almost breakout game for the defensive line because they've gotten hits on the quarterbacks, but they have not had the sack numbers that we were hopeful that they would, they would have given who the, the names on this line. Um, and, you know, again, especially because the new England Patriots had two backup linemen in there. The Vikings had at least one, um, and you know, not much to show for it. So would love for them to actually, you know, get those sacks and, and, you know, instead of just quarterback hits, you know, hitting the quarterback when I, fine do, do it all, but would definitely like, love to see some of those sack numbers in there. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be one of those that I definitely think is, you know, one, one on both sides of the line. If both of them are yeah. you're absolutely correct when you said they, you know, kind of both have their work cut out for them. Um, and I, I think you're you're totally right there. And I I think that they're actually able to hold their own a little bit more here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 28-17. Okay, I like it. So a little, like you're similar to me, but have a little bit more faith. A little, yeah, a little bit more faith. I think that I think again, one of the things that we had talked about after the Patriots game was if the offense could just stay on the field a little bit longer and give the defense a little bit more time to rest. And I think that the Eagles are just able to sustain those drives a little bit more. And I think they kind of continue to do that and, and chew up the clock. That was one of their biggest things they did against Minnesota in last season. Um, and they were able to definitely do it again on, on Thursday. So I think that they're able to, they're going to continuously get into more of a rhythm. And I think they, I think I agree with you hundred percent. And that's why I think that this has the potential to kind of be a breakout game in that fact and kind of really prove that this team is good. They're just working some things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which yeah. I know most of us believe, but you know, we're going up against, against some non-believers. Yeah. <laughs> and I did just look it up too, when we were breaking down the keys to success, it is supposed to be like, beautiful and 91 on Tampa or in Tampa on Monday, but um, it'll be it'll, cooling down by that point. Yeah. Because yeah. it's nighttime. So it'll, it should be beautiful. Yeah. Should be a nice, yeah. Not super hot. It'll be yes. Nice. Nice. Weather. So, Actually it was beautiful weather for a football game on, on Thursday. It was, oh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was actually, I was, I was a little chilly by the end. Honestly. I was just going to say it was like, one of those perfect fall days where like when you got there, you were a little hot out tailgating yeah. because like you, the sun was beaten down. But then as the night went on, you needed layers kind of thing. Yeah, I, I like those, but I also hate those because I don't never know what to bring and what to wear. It's a total it's the Yeah, I agree. I am not a layer person. Like uh -uh. it frustrates me, me too. because I'm just like, geez, dude, like I'm never comfortable. Yeah. And then I hate just carrying around all the layers. But, totally, totally, completely. Agree. Yeah. It's, it's time of year where like you have to dress for one season in the morning and by the afternoon you're you're completely in the wrong outfit <laughs> and, and, well, dressing a child for it un unbearable I, I hate it I hate everything about it I mean I love 
dressing her in her little outfits every day, but like I, it's freezing when she leaves the house. And then, you know, in the afternoon she's out, you know, at the playground at school and it's hot as Hades out here. Yeah. I don't even know how to do it for a one or a one born. I was going to say <laughs> a newborn. Um, I oh, guess you just like put up your clothes in the, what'd you layers. say? They get cold. Yeah. Layers. It's always yeah. one the, the rule of thumb that the doctor told me that our pediatrician said was one more layer than you have on. Yes. I've heard that. I'm just nervous. Like what if I make her too hot? If and you, how am I supposed to know? if you dress her and if you feel her like back 10 minutes after you dress her and it feels like she's sweating, she's too hot. Same thing. There for when you put go. her when she's all swaddled and whatnot. Babes on broad, breaking down the game of the Philadelphia Eagles and also motherhood. Come to us for all of your needs. We are here. <laughs> all of your advice needs, we got you. <laughs> we have it all. I do want to say we got some good things in this show, but we were a little scatterbrained today. So I want to apologize to everybody because I think there's just so much I wanted to talk about that I was getting excited. You know, like I don't in our show sheet we have <laughs> in our show sheet we have around the NFL at the very end of it and uh we kind of went right into it. <laughs> yeah, with got... primetime games and stuff. So, my apologies. That that's on me. But listen, I don't necessarily think people come here to listen to us for the hard-hitting film breakdown <laughs> and analysis. We are a little all over the place. And that's fine. Okay. We touch on a lot of different things here. We talk about, <laughs> we talk about real life issues. Okay. Like we talk we, about what people are actually thinking. Yeah. Sometimes it, we get a little distracted. All right. <laughs> With that though, we're going to wrap it up. So thank you for listening to episode 106 of Babes on Broad. As always, week in, week out. Thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation for hosting us. Make sure you're following everywhere. Subscribe all the good stuff. We still have all the post-game shows on Bleeding Green Nation and everything like that as well. So make sure you're checking everything out there, following everyone, watching all the different stuff, listening to everything, reading everything, leaving the five-star rating, written review, all that good stuff. We will be back next week to recap this hopeful Monday night win and talk about the following week and the upcoming matchup. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Thank you for listening and go Birds! What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.